Welcome to The Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. We are one week away from our legacy weekend. And I just thought with this one week in the middle, I just want to share a message that will one, set us up for that nicely, but also just help us with some of the funky attitudes we get in. Because let's be honest, with COVID, I mean, it's just, I don't know what we used to talk about before COVID was around. It's just absolutely crazy. And just when we thought 2020 was done and COVID was done, 2021 starts and there's this new thing called the Delta strain. And so now it's all things Delta and now it's vaccination. Should you vaccinate? Should you not vaccinate? Can I just say this? It takes faith to be vaccinated. And it takes faith not to be vaccinated. So me, for me personally, it's not a faith issue because it takes faith either way. And so there's these the, the conversations and all these conversations, if not careful, can just get us into a real funk and we get really negative and really small-minded and we can open a can of worms and eat them thinking nobody loves me, everyone hates me and we just get on with the world. And I wanna tell you, there's lots to live for. We, our best days are ahead of us. Who believes that? I believe with all my heart, our best days are ahead of us. And if you've come in a funky season, if you've come this morning with a funky attitude, if you had a big row this morning with your husband or wife or your children, I want you to know you're absolutely welcome. If you are coming here this morning for the very first time, you're our guests and you're absolutely welcome. If you haven't been to church for many, many months, many, many weeks or many, many years, but you find yourself here this morning, you're our guests and you are so welcome. Can we put our hands together for all those who are with us for the first time? or haven't been around for a long time. We're so glad that you are here this morning. And I, I wanna just share a passage of Scripture. This one of my go-tos. It's found in the book of Ephesians, which is one of my favourite books in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 simply says, Now to, hi- to Him who is able to do, I love this, immeasurably more above and beyond all we ask, dream, hope, or here it is, even imagine according to the power that's at work in you. And I want you to know right now, there is a power that's at work in each and every one of us. The question is, what's the foundation of that power? What's the source of that power? What's the foundation of that power? What's the root issue of that power? Because whatever the root issue of that power is, is what you'll get immeasurably more of. And so if you have a, 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 a poor old me mentality, you're gonna get more poor old me results. But if we can keep our eyes on the one who was able to save, heal and deliver, then I'm telling you, we'll have much more of that in our lives. There's an incredible power with our imagination and it can serve us for good or for bad according to the Scriptures. You know, I was reminded of this story this week as I was preparing of a story I was told many, many years ago about a young man who was tied up by his friends. They thought it'd be a bit of a joke to tie him up and place him on a train track. And they placed him, all the ladies went, oh, but the boys went, yeah, great idea, write that down. It's kind of like a thing that boys do. And they tied this young man down, placed him on a train track and went away and hid knowing that a train was coming very soon. And sure enough, the train was on time and the train was coming down the train track and it was getting louder and louder and louder, closer and closer and closer. And the kid on the train track was screaming, screaming with all that he had to get him off the railway line. His friends just thought it was funny. 
His friends just stayed away and laughed. And sure enough, the train came through at such a speed and went through and passed through and the kids went to see their friend because what they, the young man who was tied up did not know was that the train track that he was on was a different train track to the one that the train was on. He was tied to the one just next to the train track that the actual train was coming at him. And so when the young, when, young friends of this young man went to the young man on the train track, they realised something had gone horribly wrong because this young man had died. He'd had a heart attack as a young man. He was so afraid. His imagination was so great about what he thought was about to happen that he lost his life. It's a tragedy. Here's my question. What killed this young boy, his imagination or the train? And I feel that through this COVID season, we've got people who are dying on the inside. They're shriveling up and dying on the inside not because of COVID, not because of Delta, not because of all the things that are out there, but because our imaginations are running wild. And today through this message, I wanna hone our thoughts. I wanna hone our imagination. I believe with all of my heart that the best days are ahead of us. See, I'm in a room full of people and full of potential. And that is true for everyone watching online. You are a pile of potential. See, potential is who you are, but nobody knows it yet. Potential is what can happen, but no one's seen it yet. And I don't know about you, but I wanna see potential become reality. And in light of our legacy season just around the corner, I wanna inspire you to dare to dream. Dare to dream again. This message is titled Dare to Dream and the subtitle would be this, turning what is Oh, sorry, what if into what is. Turning what if into what is. So you're ready to buckle down and, and, and take some notes this morning. And I trust you'll be inspired today as we go into a new season as Life Adelaide. Amen. This message is for us as a church. It's for you as an individual. It's for you as a married couple. It's for you as a family. I believe our best days are ahead of us. So turn with me, if you would, to Isaiah chapter 54. And Isaiah chapter 54 is one of those well-known passages of Scripture to believers that have been around for a while. And if you don't fit into that category, be blessed with this uh, very uh, well-known, well-used passage of Scripture. Isaiah chapter 54 says, Sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song, shout for joy, you who never were in labour. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than her who has a husband, says the Lord. Then it says, Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtain wides. Do not hold back. Church, do not hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to your right and to your left, to your descendants, and will, sorry, your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in the desolate cities. This is an incredible promise. It speaks of a barren woman. And this barren woman in the Scripture represents the nation of Israel. But thankfully, it represents much, much more than that. It represents everyone in this room today. It represents me. It represents everyone online today. It represents all of us in this room. 
Every one of us in this situation. Are you with me today? And so this barren woman is told to sing. And not only to sing, but sing, to quote Dan McGaw, with gusto. Our youth pastor loves that word gusto. Everyone say gusto. The, the, the barren woman has been encouraged not only to sing, but to sing with gusto, to burst into song, to shout, to enlarge, to strengthen and to stretch. And here's the thing I know about God. Sometimes it can appear that when God speaks to us in our tough seasons, He comes across a little insensitive. How many of you ever thought, gee, that's insensitive God? How many of you read the Scripture? Wow, that, that's a little bit tough to take when you're going through such a tough season. And that's what we see is happening here. But I want you to know when God seems insensitive, when it seems a little bit unrealistic, we need to remember that His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And that's what makes Him God. Every one of our thoughts and every one of our ways is limited. But God's ways and His thoughts have no limit. And so when we come up against God and we think He's insensitive, we have to understand we're not seeing the bigger picture. Only God is seeing the bigger picture. I have an opportunity from my perspective to see all of you. None of you can see all of you like I can and it's purely a matter of perspective. And God has a great perspective on my life, your life, the life of this church and indeed the whole world right now. And so we have to surrender our will to His will, our thoughts to His thoughts and our ways to His ways. This particular passage is a call to make room. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, make room. It's about making room for something that hasn't yet come. You see, this is a song, not that represents the barrenness, but a better future. The word to this barren woman was not, let's sing the blues, you poor old thing. You know, you can get really down in the dumps singing some really horrible, dirty old songs. But this was about a singing a song of a better future. It's about speaking words of a better future. It's about bringing hope into our world. It's about bringing life into dead areas. Maybe you go to a place of work that's pretty dead and negative. You are the light of the world and your role is to bring life and light to that dead part of society. Whether it's in your school or your university, your role as a believer is to bring light and salt and hope and joy and peace and life to dead negative situations. That's why we have been placed here on planet Earth. If it was just about being with Jesus, we may as well go to heaven. But God has left us here for purpose and it's to be hope, life and joy to people in misery. People who are singing the blues, we come along and with gusto we sing, freedom's coming. We've got we to sing that again. If for no other reason to drown out my voice, but we just got to, I just love it. Right now, if I could, I'd just get everyone back up here and we'd just sing it. But, but in a moment, we're gonna sing that again. Because this is about us bursting into song. And it's not going on about our barrenness. Let's sing a song about our barrenness. Let's sing a song about COVID. Who's gonna write a song about COVID? Who's gonna sing a song about Delta? No, it's not about that. It's not writing a songs about our present realities and our struggles. It's writing songs of faith, of a better preferred future. That's what this is all about. And God is not asking us to sing the blues, as I said, but songs of praise, amen. See, having a faith response is really important. Faith is being certain of what we do not see, it says in Hebrews. 
It's about being confident, not in our strength, but confident that there is a God who knows better and God who knows bigger and He is for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? So we're gonna weather the storms and we're gonna come through the other side and we're gonna be bigger and better as a result. It's doing some things that don't always make sense to the natural mind. There's so many stories in the Word of God that uh, do not make sense to the natural mind. I think of that man who was paralysed and he had four friends who said, we're gonna take him to see Jesus. And when they got there, there was too many people to see Jesus, but that didn't stop them. They just pushed their way through. They threw him up on the roof. They, they, they dug a hole in the roof. They put him down through the roof to see Jesus. I mean, that is just audacity at the highest degree. There are people who would not be put off because of the present restrictions, the present situations, but they were able to see a preferred future for their friend. And I believe that we as a church have a better, stronger, preferred future. Amen. See, for me, Isaiah 54 is a call to dream again. It's a call to dream again. And I know many of you have had dreams in the past, but you've lost your dream. You've forgotten your dream. You don't even believe in your dream anymore. One thing I love about Joseph, he was a man who had dreams as a young man, but things went against him and he found himself in the prison. But it was in the prison, he had dreams in the prison. He had dreams in the dungeon. And when he got out of the dungeon, he still had dreams. He was a person who had dreams at the early, middle and end of his life. He didn't give up. And I don't know how old you are today, but if you're my vintage and older, I want to know there's a dream in you that God wants to fan into flame again. You're not too old. We've sung earlier on, if you're not dead, you're not done. Can everyone just check you've got a pulse this morning? If you have a pulse, you're not dead. And if you're not dead, you're not done. You have a purpose to fulfil here on planet Earth. Amen? Amen. Amen. So in order for us to dream again, four things very quickly this morning. In order for us to dream again, in order for us to put into practice what I'm talking about and sharing about, the first thing is simply this, real simple, hopefully it'll inspire this morning. It's simply this, that we need to get bigger. Get bigger. Turn to the person next to you and say, get bigger. (laughs) Some of you have a healthy appetite and you're saying it's working. (laughs) But I'm not necessarily talking about that. I believe we need to get bigger. We need to enlarge the place of our tent. You see, when Kath and I decided to have a family, we needed to make room. Our first home was a very small home. It got us in the housing market and I'll be forever grateful for that home. It's a home that I actually walk past every day in our walk. I'm grateful for it. It served its purpose. But when we said we wanna have a family and, and, and God willing, we wanna have more than just one child, we would love to have at least three kids. In actual fact, I wanted four, but we settled on three. But we knew that if we were gonna have three kids, we had to make room for those children. We couldn't just stay where we were. And so we built a bigger home. Why? for prestige, to say that we've got a bigger home. No, it wasn't for that. It was because we needed room. We were about to receive more and so we needed to make room. I remember one time when we were having a clear out of our home and had this sofa and it was a fairly good sofa in good condition and so I offered it to a friend and they said, I'd love to take it. I just don't have any room for it. Question, 
Where will you put what you're asking for from God? It's one thing to ask God for something, but where will you put it if He gave it to you? Do we know how to handle? Can we house what God is wanting to do in our lives? The prodigal son is a story that reflects someone who couldn't handle what God wanted to give it to him. Why? Because he wasn't ready for it. And I had this great couch to give my friend. They really wanted it. They just couldn't receive it. Why? Because they didn't have the room. I believe God is wanting to give this church and I believe He's wanting to give me and He's wanting to give everyone in this room and everyone watching online more than you presently have. The question is, what are you gonna do with it when you get it? See, Abraham, uh, sorry, Abram, an Old Testament character in the Bible, had a name change from Abram to Abraham. In Genesis chapter 17, verse five, we read, no longer will you be called Abram, your name will be Abraham, for I have made you the father of many nations. Why did he need a name change? Well, because his old name was just too small. Abram meant exalted father. Abraham was a much bigger name and meant father of a multitude. Abram wasn't a bad name. It was just too small. God had much, much more in store for him. Are you with me this morning? So there, for us to receive this and to dream again, there needs to be increase. That could be in the area of our attitude. Our our attitude might need to shift. Our attitude might need to increase. Our our, our mentality might need to increase. Our emotional well-being might need to increase. Our finances may need to increase. Our faith may need to increase. I'm not here to prescribe exactly what it is that you need to make room for or increase in, but I believe that there's gotta be a growth. We've gotta get bigger. Sometimes God wants to do things in our lives, we're just not ready to receive it. I I think about today in this generation in which we live, and that's why we did a series about the soul. I I think God wants to grow our soul. He wants us to get stronger in the area of our soul. We're gonna do a series in a couple of months called Isolating Insecurity. We've got to be able to isolate the insecurities because if we don't, it's gonna rob us of what God has for us. Amen. We need to start living expectant and believing for more. And and that's what legacy is all about. It's us as a church. See, we're believing this year that we can have over $500,000 of community impact. That is not just gonna happen. That is not just gonna happen. We are making room. My wife, Kath, has stepped into the community space. She's been doing a lot of work behind the scenes, meeting with a lot of people behind the scenes because we want to be able to step into the space we believe God is calling us to. And we have an opportunity over the next couple of weeks to to see some videos, to be inspired and to actually partner financially with us so that this can become a reality, that our dreams can become a reality. We want to turn what if into what is. And for that to happen, we need to dream again. Are you with me? So the first step is to be this. We need to get bigger. Secondly, we need to let go. In order to dream again, we need to get bigger, but also we need to let go. See, separation is often the first part of possession. I'll say that again. Separation is often the first part of possession. For some of us to grow, there needs to be a separation. A separation from what? I'm so glad you asked. A separation from certain people, places or things or habits. 
We see that with the prodigal son, again, referring to him who I spoke about last Sunday night. He was a young man who made a lot of bad choices and he needed to separate himself from all of those things and come back to the father's house. He needed to let go of the wild living. He needed to let go of certain friendship circles in order to embrace what the father had for him. Some of us might be in the wrong place with the wrong people doing some of the wrong things. And sometimes the wrong things aren't necessarily bad. They're just not good for you. Sometimes they're not bad. It's just not helpful for you. You know, if you're, if you're a person who lives in the northern suburbs and you need to go to university in the city and you don't have any transport and you have to get public transport, you need to catch a bus. But I would suggest you need to catch the right bus. Otherwise, you're not going to get where you want to go. And if you catch the wrong bus, that's not a bad thing. It's just catching a bus. But it's not good for you because it's not going to get you where you want to go. And so sometimes certain people, certain habits are not bad in and of themselves. It's just not good for you because it's not going to get you where you want to go. In Amos chapter 3, verse 3, it says, Do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? If we're going to walk together, there has to be agreement. Otherwise, it's not going to work. My counsel to every young person who's looking to get married, I would say you must be equally yoked. And both being Christians does not make you equally yoked. We need to make sure that our goals are aligned, our vision is aligned. Otherwise, there's going to be conflict and we're going to be arguing over something that really is just a mismatch in the first place. Are you with me? Have you ever had certain food and you say, oh, that just doesn't agree with me? Have you ever eaten something that just doesn't agree with me? Anyone? And so you can keep eating what doesn't agree with you and pay the consequence, or you can separate yourself from what doesn't agree with you so that you live in a healthier place and space. I was talking to one of the guys in our business group, and uh, he said how he had to stop drinking alcohol because it wasn't good for him. Now, he's not on a campaign right now to say that no one should drink alcohol. He just knew for him it wasn't helpful or healthy in his environment. So what did he have to do? He had to separate himself from alcohol in order to achieve what he wants to achieve. See, sometimes separation is the best thing. I remember when we had an indoor playground. And no one knows about our indoor playground better than Mr. Mick Roberts who put that thing together, who cared for that thing, who, who hugged that thing, who loved that thing, who, who prayed over that thing, who repaired that thing so many times. And it served an incredible purpose for so many years. But what happened in more recent times, we ran out of room for our kids. And we had to make a decision to get rid of the indoor playground and take their playground outside in order to make room for more children. And I remember telling the church, and most of us, it wasn't, we weren't attached to it, so yeah, no big deal. But I remember for people like Mick and those who were around in the early days, it was a bit more sentimental than that. In actual fact, before we went to the church, I, I, I actually had a one-on-one -on -one with Mick. I thought, Mick cannot hear this from the stage. I, I, need, to, I need to break the news to him that we're, we're getting rid of our indoor playground. It was a separation. Why did we separate? in order to possess, in order to make room for more children. You look at Victory Church. Victory Church has done incredible things for some 27 years, but there was a shift, there was a change this year. We, we, we've lost, we've let go of the name Victory and partnered with life. And I believe that's because of our bigger and better and brighter future. If you want to 
embrace your dreams, you've got to be prepared to let go of some things. And some of those things are not bad. I mean, Victory Church was not a bad church. It was a beautiful church. But we let go of that name, embrace life in order to partner so that we might be able to achieve even more. So that those dreams would become realities. See, what do you need to let go of? Here's the question. What do you need to let go of? And what aren't you letting go of because of pride? Because of wrong thinking? Because of past hurts or fears? That's some homework to do. Thirdly, we need to step out. Turn to the person next to and say, step out. See, one of the biggest problems in church life is a failure to launch. We read our Bibles, we pray about things, we talk about things, we, we get some perspective from leaders, but we don't actually ever do anything about it. And if we don't launch, nothing will ever happen. We need to be like Peter who stepped out of the boat. I love Peter for many reasons, but Peter was one of the 12 disciples that was a little bit impulsive. He was the one who did things before others. And on this occasion, when Jesus said, hey, why don't you come out onto the water? It was Peter alone that came out onto the water. And granted, he did begin to sink because he looked around. He took his eyes off Jesus and saw the wind and the waves and lost his faith in that moment and started to sink. But for a short, brief moment in time, he walked on water. And I don't know about you, but that's inspiring because I've never walked on water. And I doubt anyone in this room or anyone watching online has ever walked on water. Peter stepped out and walked on the water. If we don't launch, if we don't actually do something, our dreams will never come to pass. And we need to be prepared to do things, as I've already said, that don't always make sense. If they seem strange, I would say, do it. If it seems like a little bit of hard work, I would say, do it. I would say, do it. You know, the Scriptures say in Proverbs 14, verse 23, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Let's not be people that just sit around and talking about the latest ideas. You know, when you read the Scriptures, there's so many little eddies we can go down. We can talk about end time theology. We can talk about all these kinds of things and they are interesting. But if we just sit around and talk about them and discuss them and debate them, we'll never do anything. I don't know that the purpose of us being left here on planet Earth is to discuss all those things at the expense of actually getting on with the mission at hand. Are you with me today? So we're looking at launching new initiatives. And one of those new initiatives is the Giving Store. And again, Cass is going to share more about this next week. But the Giving Store is an online opportunity that will meet the needs of other people. And it's really, really exciting. It's Aussies helping Aussies. And so we're looking at launching that. And so again, if you want to know more about that, come along for the next two Sundays when we have our, our legacy moment where we have an opportunity to hear what we've done, what we want to do into the future and our opportunity to partner financially together. Are you with me this morning? And the last one as the band come up is simply this. Number four is keep walking. Keep walking. In order for our dreams to become a reality, we've got to keep walking. So many never achieve their dreams. Why? Because they give up. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12 says it this way, We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience, there it is, inherit what has been promised. Do you know, any one of us can start any project, but to finish it, that takes faith and patience. It might take faith to start something, but it takes patience to see it through. And I want to be a church that's known for its patient endurance that we see things through.
through. It could be your business, see it through. It could be your family, see it through. It could be toilet training, see it through. I was talking to one young dad just this morning, he goes, what do you do to get your kids to sleep? I said, no, you don't wanna know what I said. That was off the record, but yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta keep going, keep going, keep going, keep walking, keep walking, keep walking. Don't give up, don't give in. That's what the Christian life is like. One day you wake up and you're faithful. The next day you wake up and you're faithful. The next day you wake up and you're faithful. The next day you wake up and you're faithful. The next day you wake up and you're faithful. The next day you wake up and you're faithful. The next day you wake up and you're faithful. The next day you wake up and you're faithful. The next day you wake up and you're fruitful. It's like, wow, wow, that was amazing. And in that moment, I would say, don't quit. Don't write a book about it and quit. Get up the next morning and be faithful again and be faithful again and be faithful again and be faithful because all that faithfulness leads to more fruit. And at the end of our life, we look back and we say, wow, what a, not only a faithful life, but a fruitful life. But the fruitful life was evidence of a faithful life. Are you with me? See, this is what I know about God. He announces things long before they become a reality. Joseph was a young man when he had a dream. And and, and dreams are awesome things. But Joseph had an incredible dream about his future, about his family, and ultimately about the nation that he was a part of. The problem with this dream is that he was only a teenager. He was young. He also got thrown into jail, which didn't help. And it was 20 years before it actually happened. I mean, there's a lot of problems going on here. The dream at the moment was so good. In fact, Joseph was so excited about it. He told his mum, he told his dad, and the worst of all, he told his brothers. People say, how did Joseph end up in the pit? Because he told his brothers that one day they would bow down and worship him. Just think about teenage boys for a minute. You imagine getting 12 boys around the age of 15 to 25, and the 15 year old says, hey guys, Guess what? I had the best dream last night. It was amazing. It was so real. It was palpable. It was tangible. I could taste it. And you guys, get this, you're gonna love it. You're gonna love this dream because you guys were bowing down, worshipping me. How's that? That's what happened. And before you judge poor old Joseph, just think about if you had a dream like that. In his youthful exuberance, he didn't have the wisdom to hold on to the dream. He just blurted it. And it caused a lot of pain for him. His brother said, that's not gonna happen. They threw him in a pit, they sold him and all the rest of it. But he had a dream. And God announced it 20 years before it even happened. See, many of us, we arrive just too early to be taken seriously. Have you ever been to the shops and you get there too early and it's not open? And you just have to wait around a bit until it opens up. That's what God does. It's called prophecy. Everyone wants a prophecy. Prophecy is frustrating because it's a future truth in the present. And now you've got to, for the rest, until it comes to fruition, you've got to sit in it. It's frustrating. Who here is still waiting on a prophecy to come to pass? To you, I'd say, hang in there. Keep walking. Be faithful. Because the shop's going to open. See, Joseph looked nothing like the answer. I could go on and say, David looked nothing like the answer. Esther looked nothing like the answer. Hey, how about this one? Jesus looked nothing like the answer. Some babe born in where? Nazareth, what? Who? You kidding me? He's gonna save the world? 
And then 33 years later, he's on the cross and he dies. I said, yeah, what's all that about? He didn't look like the answer. But when your life is not looking like the answer, don't take a snapshot of that moment. Keep rolling the video. Keep rolling the video. Keep rolling the video. Because Jesus, yeah, he got buried. Yeah, he died. Yes, he was buried, but it was all part of his plan. And on the third day, I, I believe for some of you, there's a third day coming. You've got to stay in faith. You've got to keep walking. Don't give up. Don't give in. What I learned about all these men and women I've just mentioned is they, they never gave up. They all turned what if into what is. Here's the reality. You and I are all becoming something. And what we become really is dependent on where we choose to look because where you look is where you ultimately live. And we need to allow time for things to happen. If you're too early, just keep growing. You know, when our kids were born, and I probably speak for everyone in this room who's had a child, they were born without teeth. It's deep, I know. They were born without teeth. And I don't know about you, but there wouldn't have been too many parents that panicked in that moment. <gasps> My baby's got no teeth. Where's the teeth? Because you know that they're coming. You know, if you just feed it, they will come. Nurture it and they will come. What I didn't know is, yes, the teeth would come, but gee, it's going to cost a lot of money just to straighten them up. <laughs> but that's a whole nother story. But I didn't have to pray for teeth. I sat in the knowledge that they'll come. At that moment, my job is just to feed and to nurture child number one, child number two, child number three. None of our kids were born with teeth, none of them. And yet today they all have teeth. And we never spent time worrying about it, praying about it. All we did is feed it and nurture it, feed it and nurture it. And guess what? The teeth came. If you'll feed and nurture your faith, if you'll feed and nurture your relationship with Jesus, if you feed and nurture your dreams, if you feed and nurture godly relationships, if you feed and nurture your marriage, oh my goodness me, it's amazing what can happen in your marriage if you actually stop looking over the fence and everyone else and on Instagram and actually start feeding and nurturing because the grass is always greener where you feed and nurture it the most. Will you stand with me this morning? Because I want us to sing this song. I, I believe not only freedom is coming, I believe right now freedom could be ours right here, right now. And then I want to put a challenge to every one of you. I, I want you to, to dare to dream again. We've got an incredible season ahead of us as a church. But that includes you and your dreams. That includes you and your family. That includes you and your circumstance and situation. And so I'm going to pray right now and then we're going to sing this song with gusto. We're going to burst into song. And it's not about our present realities. It's about a brighter, bigger future. And we're going to have the choir come and help us, which would be really cool. I, I don't know. Something may even possess me to jump up there and join the choir. I don't know. You just never know. You just never know. But can we do something right now? Can we just close our eyes? Can we just raise our hands to heaven? Why do I have to do that? Well, you don't have to do it. But boy, it's something powerful in us surrendering. Surrendering our hurt, our fears, our doubts in this place right now. Father, we just come before You right now. 
And we declare that our best days are ahead of us because You are a good God and You do good things. And I pray, Father, where the dream has died, where the dream has become stale and stagnant, Holy Spirit, You would breathe life afresh on every family, on every individual, on every marriage. I pray, dear God, as as we enter our legacy season, Father, You would stir our hearts as to how much and how we might be able to partner with You for a bigger, brighter, better, bolder future. We declare that freedom is not only coming, freedom is ours right here, right now, because those who have Christ are free and free indeed. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.